At the heart of the film, as young people who made a very bad decision try to survive long enough to get out of a house that has turned into a fortress, Don't Breathe is tense and even relatable. There are millions of young people, especially in Detroit, trying to escape their bad decisions. Don't Breathe becomes a battle of wills between two people who have done very bad things, but justified their actions to themselves. The talented Levy and Lang allow us to understand their characters' polarizing choices and place us right there in the house, with the petty criminal and the man with a dark secret holding our breath. and ghouls i'm katie tool and i'm sean reedy and this is friday night frights a podcast about urban blight fight or flight and turkey basters dude <laughs> i purposefully did not warn you because i you did not know warn your reaction <laughs> i didn't at all i didn't at all listen i didn't know i didn't know going into it so you weren't allowed to know going into it <laughs> in none of our numerous conversations about this film nope was anything even remotely related to the turkey baster mentioned to me not at all not even a little bit <laughs> i okay we have not watched Don't Breathe 2 yet, mm-hmm. but we do know the premise of right. Don't Breathe 2 is that the blind man from Don't Breathe is the protagonist. Yes. And I just don't think I will be able to root for him. I know, right? Now I know why when I mentioned that, you were like, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because, like, hot damn. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. <laughs> well, when we, when we get to that part of the scene, too, there's a, th- there's, yeah. It was, like, a specific moment when I was watching it in theaters that I was like, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop it. So, yeah. Uh, This is a pretty fucked up movie. Yep. Yeah, more fucked up than you thought. More fucked up than I thought. I I thought I knew what this movie was about. Yeah, no. No, it it comes at you. Yep, thought it had a pretty straightforward, like, you know, heist (laughs) gone wrong. No, no. Nope. No, this is, in fact, Wait Until Dark on Acid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait Until Dark turned to a 11. <laughs> right. So Don't Breathe was released on, uh, well, it was re- released at South by Southwest in mm-hmm. March of 2016 and then got a wide release August 26th, 2016, um, directed by... How do you say this guy's name? Fede Alvarez? I believe it's Fede, Aver- Fede Alvarez. Fede Alvarez it's was e- the director. It's either Fede or Fede. I'm I'm not entirely sure which. I really, truly apologize for not knowing how to pronounce your name, sir. 
you're a wonderful director, but right. I mean, it is. It's a wonderfully directed film. Like, it's, oh yeah, it's the the production of this movie is slick and it's tight. Mm-hmm. Right, like everything is, every shot is just tight. Mm-hmm. Like you're right there in it. Oh yeah, that that absolutely creates the best and most effective tension that I think oh. that I've I've seen in a one probably in a movie period. Like yeah, the, I don't I can't think of another movie that I have felt more tension for I for the extended period of time that I did than I did watching this film. Yeah, I can see it, and I can see it especially. Mm-hmm. If you're watching it in a theater. Oh, yes. No, I, I, I distinctly remember being in the theater, watching this film, and I'm probably, I want to say, I would, I would estimate about two thirds of the way through it, maybe, maybe halfway, something around there. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that my hand is hurting and then immediately look and I'm like, oh, it's because I have the tightest grip on the armrest that I possibly can. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, like this, this movie is 88 minutes long. It is not. Mm-hmm. It is not long. This is not no. a long film. Um, but for a solid 60 of those minutes, it is nonstop. Mm hmm. There is not time to take a breath. Like, no. it is just go, 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 go. And happening pretty much in real time. Yeah. Like, there aren't a ton of cuts that... Um, how do I say this? There aren't a ton of cuts that allude to the passage of time. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, it cuts from... The basement to the upstairs, but the only time that's passed is the time it took them to run up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which, you know what else? It kind of reminds me of a little bit. Have you ever seen Night of the Hunter? It, a while ago, yes. With um, Robert Mitchum. Yeah. It's a it's a similar vibe. I mean, obviously, it's it's you know a completely different story, but the. The chase through the house, and especially the chase like yes. in between the basement and the upper level. Mm-hmm. Very strong Night of the Hunter vibes there. Oh yeah, definitely. Back to the great movie. Um, but yeah, they made it pretty cheap. They made it in Detroit. They sure did. They did. It and was it, funny. I mean, it's Detroit <laughs> plastered all over it. Like oh yeah, you know there were a lot of movies made in Detroit for a while there before the mm-hmm. film incentive got taken away. Um, right. Or made in, you know, in Michigan, but primarily in, in Detroit and the surrounding area. But not all of them were set in Detroit and certainly not all of them like sort of put, put that like Detroit face on it as strongly as this one does. Like this movie, this is in some ways a movie about Detroit. I, yeah, it's, I definitely think it's a, a movie about Detroit. Like it's. God, it's just so well done. And it, the, the one thing that I love about it is that, like, it puts you in... It, it's one of the few movies that have, that is that actually puts you in the 
inner, like, the inner Detroit suburbs. Like, well, no, they went that. to an area where, where you generally don't want to be. Right. So not the, not the suburbs, but the neighborhood. The neighborhood, yes. Yes, I'm Yeah, sorry. like, one but... of the, yeah, like, there are, and, and there are, there are whole swaths of Detroit that are like this, where there might be mm-hmm. one inhabited house, um, you know, on a block or two. And everything else is is um, abandoned. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to refine the house. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, Sean actually found the the house itself. Yeah, I found the yeah I found oh just found it again. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I found the um, the actual house where this took place, um, which is interesting. So. Um, one, and I mean, like, obviously with, with film, like there's going to be some slight differences, but you know, and, and this, this definitely was added because it was a feature in the, in the movie, the vent that's on the outside front of the house, Mm -hmm. um, that Rocky tries to escape out of and -hmm. doesn't get to last second is not part of the house. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So I imagine that they probably just like placed that a fake grate on there and then like had a separate filming for because it was a very tight shot when she was trying to break out of it. So. Right. Well, and and not the okay. So I guess we we should um, we should qualify our earlier statement. Not the entire thing was shot in Detroit. True. But all of the interior stuff um, was actually filmed in like a you know, a soundstage in Hungary, of all places. So random. <laughs> but all right. Not sure why. Uh, they made it, made it for $9.9 million, mm-hmm. And it grossed 157 So, you know, decent return. Can see why yeah. there's a sequel. So, <laughs> I don't know. We can, we can get into it. We can get into it more when we get to this, when we get to the twist. But it's, I just, I, I don't. Not only do I don't, not only am I not, I'm not, it's not that I'm not sure. It is, I am absolutely positive. I would not be able to root for this person. I'm kind of angry that they would expect me to. Yeah. Like as a woman, right? Like (laughs) you expect me to sit here (laughs) and forget what this man did. Yep. And I mean, like clearly he is mentally unwell, but that doesn't excuse any anything that he did nope he's he's uh you know a lot of people a lot of people have ptsd a lot of people lose you know family members tragically a lot of people go through a lot of shit Mm -hmm. this man did what he did because he's a psychopath and a killer yep Yep. and uh you know Uh, yeah but anyway we will get into all that um but first it is shock uh tonight's shock tale is called the blind man 
obviously. He can't see. <laughs> uh, it will not make you blind, to my knowledge, unless you put, like, you know, wood alcohol in there or something. But, you know, since it's not 1928, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, it's actually based on... So when I was doing, like, the research to try to figure out, like, a um, cocktail for tonight... Mm-hmm. Uh, I came across a recipe for a, a sort of old school clo- cocktail called the Grumpy Old Man. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? And I was like, perfect. So. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. I modified it just a little bit. Um, so a, a Grumpy Old Man is bourbon, mm-hmm. lime juice, and ginger ale. Oh, okay. Uh, so to that, I actually added bitters. For two reasons. Oh, okay. First of all, uh, bitters and ginger ale are delicious. <laughs> Secondly, you know, the blind man's a little bitter, so. A little bit. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of his entire personality. So, uh, okay. yes. Yeah, so you've got a, a shot of bourbon. Uh, the juice of about like half a lime ish, uh, about four to five dashes of bitters. I used uh, Angostura bitters, but like of your choice, and then top it off with um, as much ginger ale as you liked. Like I used one of those little mini eight ounce cans, and it worked out really well. Um, oh, super refreshing, really tasty. And of course, because we are Detroit people, and this is a Detroit movie, the ginger ale I used was Verner's. I mean, of course, because... You gotta. You like, gotta. Go find yourself some Verner's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. Tasty stuff. And I'm also, I mean, you can't see this at home, but I can show Sean. I'm drinking it out of a Fago glass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, for any of you non-Detroit, non-Michigan folk, okay. Fago, it's, it's childhood. It's, mm-hmm. I freaking love Fago, especially the glass bottles. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, so I have to ask, just since we're on this tangent, what was your favorite, what's your favorite flavor of Fago? Rock and rye. Of 100%. Yep. I mean, that's the only mm-hmm. correct answer. <laughs> yep. Yep. Rock and Rye is the best. I would say um, Red Pop. The Red Pop actually might be my second favorite. Red Pop is very good, but they are Mm -hmm. not the same. They are not the same. And anyone who says they are does not have taste buds. No, they're completely different. (laughs) Did you uh, manage to get your hands on any of the fireworks, Fago? No, I didn't. Okay, I have some. I'll bring you some next time I come over. Where'd you find more? You found more of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, there was a, a party store near me that, like, got a ton of it for some reason. Oh. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so delicious. It tastes exactly like a, like a bomb pop, you know, like the rocket, the red, mm-hmm. white, and blue rocket popsicle that you got out of the oh. ice cream truck when you were a kid. It tastes exactly like that. Let me tell you, as a fully grown 30-year-old man, I still eat those popsicles, and they are still delicious. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. 
As well you should. Right. Um, but yeah, I actually considered... I considered actually making tonight's shocktail out of that. Um, <laughs> like, you know, adding something to that to make it a cocktail. And then I thought, like, you know... Even people in Detroit are having a hard time finding this. So, like, yeah, it'd be yeah, you could make. The, I could drink the cocktail. <laughs> Nobody right. else could. So, <laughs> went with the Verners. Verners is much easier to find. Yes. Verners is like yeah. widely distributed. Yep. Yeah, you can get that pretty much anywhere. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Don't breathe. Focuses on three. I would say like late teens. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like maybe early 20s at the most maybe, like yeah, maybe early 20s. Probably under 22. 18, right. Yeah. yeah, 18 19. Uh year old kids who make uh their living by stealing things. They're they're mm-hmm. petty thieves, right? Um they break into houses, they steal items, they fence them. Right? And their names are Rocky... What? Go ahead. Hi, babe. Their names are Rocky, Alex, and Money. Uh, Rocky is a girl, and Alex is a boy, for the the Mm -hmm. record. (laughs) Money is also a boy. Um, Yes. But they're not getting where they want to go. And Rocky in particular is very invested in getting a big windfall because she wants to move to California uh, to get away from her, you know, drunk, abusive mother Mm -hmm. who's like done all these terrible things to her and take her younger sister with her so that the sister doesn't also like face, you know, this, this horrid childhood that she had. Right. So they hear about uh, a guy who is now identified as Norman Nordstrom, but in the original film does not have a name. Not at all. He is credited as the blind man. Which, by the way, is funny. He's also credited as as the blind man in the sequel. But I'm like, literally in the plot description, it states his name. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, Not like, what? <laughs> um, so they find out that uh, this guy, Norman Nordstrom, who lives in a dilapidated neighborhood in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Gulf War veteran, lost his sight in the war somehow. Um, his daughter was killed by... A drunk driver mm-hmm. who was a young woman. Go, sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? No. And I wanted to point out, I love the fact that it was a, it was a gross point woman. It was a gross point woman. Like that's, mm-hmm. that is, that is attention to detail. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> like, anyone that doesn't live in Detroit, gross point is the very well, um, like very affluent. Nope. That's not what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's an affluent neighborhood. Yeah. Gross Point is a city 
sitting on an insane amount of money. You have to have money yes. to live in that neighborhood. Yes, you do. And it's interesting. Um, getting to that neighborhood, you have to drive through a neighborhood that looks like the one that we are in. Yep. In Dover. To get to Gross Point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, you literally cross the street mm-hmm. from... you know almost unbelievable affluence in some in some areas of detroit mm-hmm. you know like or sorry in some areas of gross point some areas of gross point it's like these are well-to-do people but they're not like you know insanely rich and then there's like the closer you get to the lake the more insanely rich the people become <laughs> oh yeah like but then you cross the street mm-hmm. and then you cross the street and you are in one of the poorest zip codes in the state. Mm-hmm. Literally from one side of the street to the other. Yeah. And uh, at one point, Gross Point built a permanent structure that they claimed was part of their farmer's market in the middle of Kirchival which is the main road that runs like from this one area to the next. Uh, God, I love it. Literally, I they just, built a wall. Yep. A, like a concrete, a permanent wall <laughs> for a quote unquote farmer's market. So yeah, mm-hmm. yes, it that is the fact that, and it's just in that, it's just in like that newspaper clipping. Yeah. That they just, like, glance at. It's like, Mm -hmm. gross point woman. It's like, that is attention to detail. Like, if you're going to make a movie that is so, um, in which the setting is a character. Yes. You got to have that attention to detail. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. There was also, uh, there was a case where... Do you remember this case? Do you remember the Bashara case? Mm, I might I, explain it. I may remember it. So this guy who lived in Gross Point, you know, affluent, like upper middle class dude, had his wife killed. Mm-hmm. And they dumped her body and her car in Detroit. And then try to, like, pass it off that it was, like, some kind of random carjacking gone wrong or, or you know, gang violence or oh, some, yeah, you know, no. racist bullshit. I, I mean, there are these, these stories come up again, 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 again but right. that's, and like, again, that's again, the again. highest profile one yeah. I can remember at, off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I did. I noticed that, too. And I was like, ooh, well done. Um, so, yes. So, a young woman from Gross Point. Mm-hmm. So read that rich girl uh, killed his daughter in a drunk driving accident and was not punished for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a settlement in a civil suit, but she was never prosecuted. And the story in the neighborhood is that 
he has all that money from that settlement in his house. Right. So the kids are like, awesome. We're going to rob this house. Great plan. Mm-hmm. While they're casing the joint, they realize that he's blind, um, which makes them think, oh, great. This will be easy. Right. So that's the sort of setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go, they break into the house. They wait until nightfall. Obviously they break into the house. It is the only inhabited house on the block. And none of them wondered why. <laughs> right? I mean, maybe I watched too much true crime, but <laughs> <laughs> you know that this guy has enough money to build, to buy a new house with cash, like mm-hmm. outright, no mortgage payment. And right. He lives in, in fairness, he, he kept his house up. Like, his house was, was fine. Yeah, his house is actually really nice. And yeah, I mean, to be fair, really nice. that that neighborhood, like, those houses are beautiful, but a lot of them are dilapidated. They're they're burned down. They're they're crumbling apart. Like Oh, yeah. I mean, architecturally, they're, they're gorgeous. Like, the, mm-hmm. the houses in Detroit are absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. If they're still standing. Right. right. Like that's 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 the issue is that, um, you know, so many of them, unfortunately, have been abandoned and that there's like not, you know, really any like city services for those neighborhoods or, or anything like that. It's really, you know, uh, it's infuriating, actually. But. um. But none of them, but yes, so none of them wonder why. I mean, maybe they think that he's just an old man who's, who's, you know, stuck in his ways and, um, you know, doesn't want to leave this. That's where he lived with his family or whatever. Right. But none of them think this is weird. So they all <laughs> go into the house. They drug the dog. He's got a big old Rottweiler, which comes into play later. <laughs> they drug the dog. Dog's fine. Dog goes to sleep. They go in the house. Um, so Money, who is kind of the leader of the group, um, makes a chloroform bomb out of a water bottle, yeah. which was very interesting. I didn't know you could yeah. do that. Um, I but, didn't know you could do that either. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can't. It's a movie. but <laughs> Right. True. I didn't look up to see if that was an actual thing, but... Um, he puts it in I mean, the... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. He puts it in the blind man's bedroom, closes the door, and they're like, cool. He's also knocked out. This is going to be a piece of cake. Let's find this money. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, while this is a movie, and we don't know if it's a thing, it doesn't work. <laughs> also, true. Do not try this at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially against a man who was in a war where there were a lot of chemical weapons. He probably knows how to escape that shit. Yep. Sure does. Um, and they see they see a, a very, like, hardcore lock on the basement door. Mm-hmm. And they assume that must be because that's where his money is, which is a reasonable assumption. They are wrong, but we'll get to that later. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, the kid, money, the, the head kid... Uh, shoots the lock off. 
even though he's never fired a gun before. This is this is actually my favorite thing when when Rocky's like, "You've never fired a gun." <laughs> like they're not particularly badass. Like they really are petty criminals. They're like, um, they're Dickensian, right? They're like street urchins. They're like right. They're like pickpockets. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they don't. They're not violent criminals. But this kid has a gun, and so he shoots off the lock, and. They're just about to open the door when the blind man comes out of his bedroom. He, mm-hmm. in fact, has not been knocked out by the cool little chloroform thing that the guy made. Uh, and he starts beating the shit out of them. Mainly the guy. At first. He doesn't know the girl's there yet. Yeah, at this point, he he thinks that uh, he, he thinks that money is the only one in the house. Um, which... I mean, he's he's not stupid. He thinks he's like, well, maybe there is someone else here. He he, he definitely he does ask it. them. He does ask he him does ask. how many of you are there. Yes. And and money refuses to answer, and he shoots him uh, in the head. And holy shit, that scene! I mean, that's 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 quite an effect, actually. That uh, when he he because he like shoots through his jaw, and I don't know what it is. Anytime, I feel like every time there's a scene where something happens with somebody's jaw, mm-hmm. it really affects me. Like, if you go back through our old episodes, I think that you'll find that every time something happens with a jaw, I'm like, oh my god, that scene. But, <laughs> I don't know why. Well, it was definitely very effective and well executed. Like, the, the fact that you, like, see, you even see the flash from the the gun going off in his mouth. Yes. Well, and you see that because the shot is so tight. Because again, Uh everything is so sort of zoomed in so that you're like right, right in the action with them. Um, Mm -hmm. But yes, it is at this point. And this is again, about 30 minutes in things escalate very quickly and they do not stop until the end of the movie. Yep. Um, Alex actually like when, money so alex is sort of the 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 good kid he's kind of the brains of the operation like there's not a Mm -hmm. ton of character development with the boys like it's mainly focused on the girl rocky and like the sort of character development area um Mm -hmm. you know money and rocky are dating alex is clearly like has a huge crush on rocky like there's this whole like little love triangle thing going on Mm -hmm. but when money pulls the gun out alex is like peace out dudes and he leaves yep then he hears the gunshot the second gunshot the one that kills money and mm-hmm. he comes back to see if if his friends are okay um and finds out of course that his friends are very much not okay <laughs> and that the blind man is awake <laughs> and that the blind man is awake and he's pissed yeah um so uh at this point uh rocky and alex actually have located where the money actually is Mm-hmm. And they take some of it. Um, I think they take all of it. I think they take all of it. And it's a lot more than they thought it was going to be. Yes. It was yeah, either cause... a much... Go ahead. It was either a much... <laughs> this is the problem with the delay. It was uh-huh. either a much bigger settlement than the rumors stated, or he had money from some other source. Right. Um, cause he had like a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And again, 
did not stop to ask themselves, why a man with a million dollars would be staying in a burned out neighborhood. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they, they, so when the blind man attacks money, mm-hmm. um, Rocky ends up hiding in the closet and this is where she actually sees that he's hiding the money it behind a fake piece of wall in a safe, mm-hmm. like up at the top of the closet. So, and she happens to see him put in the code. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. this is some solid, like you happen to be in the right place at the right time for at least this situation, not anything else, but this situation, <laughs> you are in the right place at the right time for what you're looking for at least. Right. Well, and like you have to, you have to admire the, the presence of mind to remember the code after this guy just shot your boyfriend in the face. Yep. Right in front of you. <laughs> right in front of you. Like. Close enough that your ears are probably still ringing and you still have the presence of mind to like watch him enter the code and then remember said code. Mm -hmm. Um, But they end up alerting the blind man to their presence in the house. And so he starts uh, chasing them because he goes back to his safe and he's like, oh shit, now the stuff's gone. There are more of them. And he starts chasing them. Mm -hmm. At which point... As they're sort of running around. Uh, they enter the basement. Mm-hmm. Which had been previously behind that big old lock. And it is at this point that this movie takes a hard ass left turn. <laughs> like anyone who was watching this movie and thought that the hard ass left turn was the blind man waking up. First of all, what did you expect to happen? But second of all, you are wrong because the hard left turn. <laughs> Is when the lights go on in the basement and they find a woman gagged and tied to like this weird, like padded room almost. Like a like yeah. a three-sided padded room, right? Like there's no wall, there's no fourth wall, so she's not like closed in, but she's tied down. Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, okay, definitely getting out of here now. And then they realize, or she she tells them, she communicates with them by holding up the, the article, that mm-hmm. this is, in fact, the young woman who uh, the young woman who uh, caused the car accident that killed mm-hmm. his daughter. He has kidnapped her and tied her up, which at this point is all you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, just keep in mind that this that we're not done turning. <laughs> we are not. I mean, it does a fucking donut. I mean, like, <laughs> you're just hard left turn in. It's like fucking mm-hmm. NASCAR up in here. Um, <laughs> so Rocky is like, we're not leaving this girl here. Like, we're getting her out of here. So they, they mm-hmm. manage to free her. And they're going toward the storm cellar door. And uh, the blind man finds them. He's on the mm-hmm. other side of the door. He knows, he knows where they're going to come out, right? Right. Essentially. And he shoots at them and only hits the girl. Mm-hmm. I believe her name is Cindy. Yes, her name is Cindy. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point, when he realizes what he's done, he falls to his knees 
and keens over her Mm -hmm. and says, no, no, my baby. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, he has formed some sort of weird transference type relationship to this woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's like substituting her for his daughter. Right. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you almost, you almost forget that he even said that because then immediately he's after the other two again. Right. And so like the chase is back on. Right. Like that, that is a a moment of stillness that lasts maybe 25 seconds and then it's back to full throttle. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So they run back upstairs uh, because they've, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, there's a, there's a whole scene where they're trying to get out of the basement. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're running up, yeah. they're running around the basement. They're fighting him. They managed to knock him out or so they think. Mm-hmm. Which I do He's feel like of- this is one of the most tense scenes in the movie because it's so wonderfully shot because you're, you're seeing it from their perspective in a way. And it's, it's essentially like, for lack of a better term, like soft night vision, like it's it's not it doesn't look like actual night vision but there is there is it is it's night vision well yeah i mean it's yeah i mean it's it's very dark yeah right it's very dark it's kind of like um i don't know why i keep like bringing up other movies but this is how my mind works uh the end of signs of the lamps yes and Quicker. i think they filmed it the same way yeah where they were completely in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously quicker, a lot more like a, a lot louder, a lot like a, a much more like um, active chase and fight than the sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, cat and prey type of like sneaking around that Clarice and um, Buffalo Bill were doing in, in silence. But like that kind of, you're just so trapped when you're in a basement. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, it's not just the actual, like, physical state of being trapped. Like, mentally, you think of the basement of the place that you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so they do ima- they do manage to eventually knock him out. This guy is, like, Michael Myers level of won't go the fuck down too. Oh yeah. Like this, this movie isn't really a slasher. No, there's really not much blood at all in it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's, it's all tension. Mm-hmm. It's all, I mean, when the blood happens, there's, you know, it's there. They, they mm-hmm. show it to you. Like they don't, they don't shy away. They don't make, they don't cut. You know, um, ugh, they really don't, even when you kind of wish they would. Um, but <laughs> um, but eventually they make their way back upstairs, at which point they encountered the dog who was also woken up at this point. So really, yep. maybe the kid didn't actually have chloroform. <laughs> maybe he thought he had chloroform, but he didn't because... Right. 
It doesn't seem to be, it appears to have literally no efficacy at all. Everyone just pops right back up like a daisy. Like it's just, <laughs> um, so they're kind of trying to get away from the dog. This little portion of the film is so frenetic mm-hmm. that it's almost difficult to describe what exactly happens. Like at one, at one point, Alex falls through a plate glass window. And one point, right? Like at one point, uh, you know, the the girl Rocky is climbing through the ventilation ducts mm-hmm. and tries to come out through the front of the house, right? Like it's just it's just your your classic kind of like crazy chase chase scene, right? Mm-hmm. That lasts for a good twenty minutes. Like it's a very it's a long sequence. It is. And again, this is this is shot as if it's in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of this sort of like, you know, chaotic moment between them escaping the basement and when he catches them. Um, he has woken up, gotten upstairs. He stabs Alex, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not fatally, but like he 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 knocks him down, and he's of course fallen out a window. Well, he fell out the window. He ends up going into the room and shooting at him, and misses, but shoots through the window. Mm-hmm. So he falls through that. Okay. But I don't believe, um, he, he ends up, what it looks like is he stabs him with, like, garden shears. Mm-hmm. Like, big old garden shears. Right, yeah. He, not fatally, but, but Alex is down. Yeah. Right. Rocky's going through the, the ventilation uh system of the house trying to find a way out does find mm-hmm. a way out but the blind man is there waiting for her. yes and uh then it cuts and this is really one of the only places in the movie after they have entered the house where a cut accompanies a passage of time yes right mm-hmm. because the next time we see Rocky, she's tied up in the basement where the other girl had been. Yup. At which point he reveals. Get ready, folks. It's the left turn. It's continuing. It's happening. <laughs> he reveals that that other girl had been pregnant with his child. Mm-hmm. Yes, if she... Was the one that took away his daughter. The least that she could do is give him another. Yes. Which is one of the most disturbing things that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like. Yep. Jesus Christ. Um, and then this is my favorite part. He claims to not be a rapist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, buddy boy, 
it doesn't fucking matter if it's your actual anatomy that you're using. You're a mm-hmm. rapist. Yep. Um, because he's not. He's not actually having intercourse with these women. Or with the other girl. And he's not planning to have intercourse with Rocky either. Mm-hmm. He impregnated her with a turkey baster. While she was suspended from a harness on the ceiling. Yep. I'm like, it's like, still it's it's still under the umbrella, my friend. Oh yeah. Like there's no question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like No. Um And just the I mean, okay. And now, of course, since he he blames Rocky and Alex for Cindy being dead, even though he killed Cindy, right? right? Because if they hadn't broken in, this whole thing wouldn't have happened. This whole fight wouldn't have ensued. This whole chase wouldn't have ensued. And so he wouldn't have shot her. So it's their fault. Right. So now, of course, the job of replacing his lost child falls upon Rocky. Yep. And he's going to impregnate her the same way. And the, like, I will say this. This is a horrifying thing. But this scene was so well done. Oh, God, it was like incredible. Like, the slow roll of you realizing, like, you realize with Rocky what is mm-hmm. about to happen to her. Like... You are not given any information. And there is something about the way that it's shot and the fact that there is virtually no dialogue in this movie. Like, this is really the only conversation that lasts more than three words Mm -hmm. in the entire, like, after the first third of the movie. Like, the first third of the movie where all the plot exhibition is, like, after that, there's no talking. Well, I mean, virtually no talking. And then you right. have this it's... one conversation and it's like, you have this, you just realize how unhinged he is. Mm-hmm. And then you have this like slow burn realization. I mean, as slow burn as anything can be in this film, right? Because it's a very fast paced film. But right. this slow burn realization of why he had that girl and what he's about to do to this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. no, I need to, so I need to mention the turkey baster. <laughs> yes, the turkey baster. What about the turkey baster? Okay, so watching, especially watching this movie in theaters, mm-hmm. with all of the lovely, lovely grotesque detail that you get to see, mm-hmm. when when he, when they had the close-up shot of, of the turkey baster, like, sucking up mm-hmm. the semen, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a hair in it i was like Ugh. oh no oh, <laughs> oh no. really oh god i didn't even notice that oh, oh yeah that was the first thing that i saw i was like oh no not the hair i mean again uh, attention to detail man you can't you can't fault them for well so it was like that was my step one and that was the that was the height of the disgust but then when he's like walking towards her slowly and it drips oh yeah and i'm like no it is it is super gross or like even just the just the like 
you wonder because at the end of the movie, they're all like, oh, this, you know, American hero got, it's like, this American hero got attacked in his own home and blah, blah, blah. It's like, did no one look in the freezer in the basement? Nope. And like, notice that he has like just jars of his own semen and like what's clearly a torture room and like did no one did no one like i feel like there were a lot of red flags about this guy that everybody missed Mm -hmm. (laughs) like again someone should have said it's weird that he had all this money and he's still in this like deserted neighborhood well you know what i bet he did you think he got what i bet he did I think that, I don't even think that he got rid of it. I bet you that he just locked it up and he's like, nope, nothing happened down there. I mean, that's true. That's true. Why? I mean, if, if, you know, if he was the one being attacked, why would you search his house? Right. But like, you don't need even to search that, it. Yeah. Well, but I mean, some of the bodies were in the basement, right? No. Oh no, because he got rid of Cindy's body, didn't he? Uh-huh. He got rid of Cindy's body in the basement. He in the basement. Yeah, he dissolved uh-huh. her, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he dissolved her and lie, which is, you know, ugh, again. Uh-huh. Um And anyway. I mean, he moved Money's body, but Money's body was still upstairs. Right. And then Alex's, so. well, I mean, we haven't gotten to that part yet, but Alex also <laughs> dies. Spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert um uh but alex was not dead when he fell through the window he actually comes and kind of like uh rescues rocky right at the Mm -hmm. last minute like right before this horrible thing happens at which point she shoves that turkey baster down the blind man's throat Oh, oh which God. is like, Can, yes, that was the most satisfying scene. I it think, was the most the in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a visceral reaction to that. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, and then I was like, good. <laughs> take that. Yeah. Take it in your hole, sir. Right. Psychopath. <laughs> right. And then she's like, how's that taste? I'm like, final girl line. But <laughs> yep. 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 It's just earlier in the movie then because there's so little dialogue. Who's she going to, who's she going to, who's she going to say to the end? The dog? I mean, come on. But. Right, right, right. Um, so yes. So uh, they managed to knock out, Alex manages to knock out the blind man. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they tie him up in his, his little torture room. And mm-hmm. um, because that is torture. Even if that's all he did, it's torture. Um, and then they sort of have this little exchange with him where they're like, uh, kind of, kind of going by like mutually assured destruction rules, right? Where it's like, well, if we call the cops to report him as a psychopath, rapist, murderer, like dickhead, then he can turn around and tell them about us mm-hmm. taking his million dollars, right? Or we leave the million dollars and turn him into the cops. But like, we can only do one or the other. We can take the movie or we can take the movie. Nope. Can't do that. <laughs> They're in the movie. They can't take it. Uh, we can take the <laughs> money 
or we can call the cops. Right. And Rocky really wants to get to California. Mm-hmm. If not for herself, for her sister. Exactly. Right. To get her out of that situation. So uh, they decide they're going to leave him there and take the money. So they make it upstairs. And they go to open the front door. And suddenly Alex is dead. Because the blind man has managed to. Okay. Here's another thing though. And here's how he's like. This is where he's like. Like Michael Myers level of. of right. Like what the fuck. He manages to get out of the restraints. Get up the stairs. And shoot him. In the time it took them. To get up the stairs and open the door. <laughs> right. Well, okay, right. so here is my thought on this. Okay. So, because really all that they did was they handcuffed him. Right. Right. And and he had to get through multiple locks on that door. There was, what, right. four or five of them? So right. he had to find and the right key. He had to find the right, yeah, that's true. But did he, like, have a key on him or... Did he just know how to escape it? Like, there is a plot hole there. <laughs> there is a plot hole there. Well, and, but I also, okay. But it is a plot hole. I will, I will give them the benefit of the doubt of saying, like, when you are, like... The fact of the matter is, three young, able-bodied people probably could have taken this old man out. Yep. Like, if he was a real person, he would not have been, like, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have been, like, faster or stronger or, you know, more agile than these 19-year-olds. He just wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And then he would have had the added disadvantage of not being able to see them. Mm-hmm. Right? The way you make him scary is you make him a little bit superhuman. Yes. Right? And that's that's the same with, that's the same with you know, Michael or Jason or any of those sort of slasher villains. Is mm-hmm. that, like, they're impossible to stop. And that's why they're scary. Yes. And, like, it doesn't matter if Michael Myers is walking and you're running. He's still going to catch you. Mm-hmm. Because he's just going to be there, right? So I really think that they they were borrowing from that genre mm-hmm. in their creation of the blind man. And I think that's part of the reason they didn't give him a name. Yeah. Which makes it all the weirder that he's the protagonist of the sequel. <laughs> right. I don't... Like, I am curious to see this movie now just because I, I want to know how they're going to pull this off. Well, and especially because I'm like... Or if they're going uh, to pull it off. Right. 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 Um, why did I just forget his name? Okay. Um, especially because Sam Raimi was like, this is one of the best sequel ideas I've ever heard in my entire life. Right. There's a little bit I'm of like, like... I know. I know. I'm I'm going to be... I mean, if they, if they don't like... If he's not still villainous, right? If you're mm-hmm. if you're expected to just sit there and forget what he did and root for him in this movie, I'm gonna be a little pissed at Sam Raimi. Not gonna lie. <laughs> like, 
be like, no, sir, this is not a good idea for a sequel at all. This is just like, like, fuck you women that he horribly abused and then killed. Like, sorry. He's like raising some random little girl now. So he's redeemed. And I'm sorry. You really think that this guy got this little girl through like, you know, ethical means? No, of course he fucking didn't. How would he? Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have. <laughs> the episode next week might very well be just one very long rant from me. So I apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> next week will also be a full length episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Just because I won't stop talking. Um, Fair. Yeah. So (laughs) at this point, Alex is dead. Now we're down to just Rocky. So she really is the final girl, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She just has her final girl moment before the actual end of the movie, but that's fine. Uh, She runs out of the house. Right? Because Mm -hmm. she thinks correctly that out of his house she would have a significant advantage against him. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, he has that Rottweiler. And <laughs> he, sicks, uh, he sicks the dog on her. Right? Yeah. And so she's running from the dog. But yes, yeah, so she manages to find their car where they had sort of like stashed it. Because obviously they like, you know, did the smart thing by like stashing the car somewhere else and then walking to the house so that their car wasn't seen in the neighborhood. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but, and then this movie becomes Cujo. <laughs> they basically just took all the horror yeah. movies and smashed them yep. together. <laughs> um, <laughs> where she's, you know, trapped in the car. She doesn't have the keys. You know, the keys are, are probably on, on her dead boyfriend, right? He probably has them in his pocket. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, but while this dog is trying to get in. Now I will say, at least as far as we know, uh, this movie would not be on doesthedogdie.com. It's got pretty much every other trigger warning attached to it you can think of. But the dog does survive. She manages to really pretty cleverly trap the dog inside the car and then get herself out of the car. Yeah. Which is like this triumphant moment. She's like, she's got the dog in the car. She still even has the backpack with all the money in it. She's like, golden, good to go. Blind man walks up behind her. (laughs) And knocks her out. Like, no. (laughs) No, he doesn't knock her out. Actually, she's not knocked out. He's just dragging her down the street by her hair. Yeah. But she's awake. Uh, Yeah. Does he... He, I I don't think he does hit her. So he like, kind of... He disorients her. Yeah, he yeah, she's disoriented, but she's not knocked out. She's not knocked out. She's awake. Because when they do get back to the house, she uses the little, like, I'm not even sure what it is. It's some kind of remote that Alex had to, like, disarm the It's some kind of, like, universal remote or, like, some kind of hack, right, that he has. But mm-hmm. it's, like, this little remote that he manages to disarm the alarm system with when they walk in. She uses mm-hmm. it to set the alarm system off, mm-hmm. which is a very loud noise and, of course, alerts the police, right? Right. Uh, it also disorients him long enough for her to grab the crowbar that they had left on the floor earlier. Mm-hmm. 
and smack him a few times with it. Mm-hmm. And then push him down the basement stairs. Mm-hmm. She's like, cool, I killed him. I'm running away. And she manages Wait. to escape. So she is the final girl. She does survive. She makes it out. She runs off. She's got the money. She has her happy ending. She's going to take her sister to California. Mm-hmm. They're in the bus station. Or train station? You know, I... I don't know. I don't think it's the airport. It's not the airport. It's got to be either a train station or a bus station. But, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if they were in... The... What's the bus station called downtown? It's a person's name. The Rosa Parks? The Rosa Parks bus station. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe? I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's that. I've never been inside of it. I don't think so. so yeah, I, I've never sure. been inside of it either. But no, I don't think I don't think that's where it is. But but wherever they're they're in some kind of and maybe that's just maybe that's just where they lost their attention to detail and they didn't film that in one of the transportation hubs in Detroit and that's why we're like well we don't know where this is. Um, right. But <laughs> um, as she is about to leave, she sees on the news that. The blind man is not dead. He is recovering from his injuries in the hospital. He has reported it as a burglary, but said that nothing was stolen. Mm -hmm. Right? So the whole mutually assured destruction thing does actually happen. Just not when poor Alex thought it was going to. Right. Um, And so she knows that... uh, She knows that he's not going to report it to police... Because of what she knows about him. Um, But of course there is this sort of like moment of dread. Where she acknowledges that he could still come after her personally. Right? Fortunately they are on their way across the country. But still. It's it's definitely like it leaves it open for a sequel. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah I don't know. I don't know about the sequel man. I, I don't know about this concept for the sequel. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Yeah, I because I have not seen it yet either. Um and yeah. I I'm very uncertain. Right. Like because you do, like for about five minutes. Before they find the girl, you do have sympathy for the guy. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. you have this, like, he doesn't know what's going on. He's, like, deeply traumatized by everything that's happened to him. He can't see them. He doesn't know that they're just kids. He hears a gun. You know, like, his reaction is extreme. Yes. But... What what is going on here? Who am I supposed to be rooting for? Like you have this moment of like, who am I supposed to be rooting for in this movie? Right. <laughs> and then they find the girl and you're like, oh, I know exactly who I'm fucking rooting for in this movie. <laughs> I will say one thing that I found kind of hilarious is that um, Dylan Minnette, mm-hmm. who uh, played Alex, right? Mm-hmm. And he's been in a ton of stuff. I mean, this, this kid has been in a lot. Um, like from like small guest spots on tv to movies but the movie that he was in 
immediately before he was in this movie was Goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) The, like, Jack Black version. Goosebumps movie from 2015. Yes, he was. And, like, this was his next project after that. (laughs) I mean, you know. I I mean, you're staying in... I mean... (laughs) I mean, to be fair, the movie that he was in shortly before that was was Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Right, yeah. I mean, he was like a child star. (laughs) Yes. Like the first... (laughs) Goosebumps. Goosebumps and then don't breathe. I'm like, all right. Interesting trajectory. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, he was in other adult films. Like, he was in... um, He was in the remake of Let Me In. Um, Yes. I'm not saying that that was his only... I'm just saying it's just hilarious to look at the IMDb and see them, like, right on top of each other because he did them, like, right next to each other. Right. Like, the same year. (laughs) Or, like... Like, wait a minute. Like, wow. Okay. Slight change in tone there. Right. Just a tad. Just a tad. So something that I actually really liked about the the reason behind this movie Mm -hmm. is so Fidi Alvarez, Mm -hmm. um, of course, directed the remake of Evil Dead. Right. Which was... To be fair, I loved the remake. I thought it was incredibly... It was such an incredible movie. Um, very different from the original, right. but but still really, really well done. And this is his... That was his first feature-length film yeah. that he ever there directed. It was. Mm-hmm. it was like, damn, man, you started off with a bang. The thing with that, though, is he got a lot of flack for how bloody that movie was. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, it's the remake of Evil it's Dead. It's Evil like, Dead. <laughs> Clearly, if you're giving him shit for how bloody that movie is, you've not seen the original. I was just going to say, have you ever seen Evil Dead? Have you ever seen Evil Dead 2, where he cuts off his own fucking hand? Like, Hello? (laughs) And if you haven't, or if you have, then then you should do the next step. Go to the next level and go see Evil Dead the musical. Yes. Where you'll be covered in blood. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and definitely. Throw an if you ever go in there just for fun, right? Right. I mean, because of course you got to have the third in there, right? But if you ever go to see Evil Dead the Musical, by all means, sit in the splash zone. <laughs> yes, yes. If I actually have never chairs. made it to oh. Evil Dead the Musical. I've never seen it. Oh, we're gonna go. Mm-hmm. We should make that a, a plan for me, probably next year. Unfortunately, but yeah, for sure. Um, but we will make that a thing. You know what else I've never done? A midnight show of Rocky Horror. You know what? I Okay, so I gasp like I have. I haven't either. <laughs> However, <laughs> I gasped, but I'm like, wait, wait, Sean, you haven't either. I've seen it live. I've seen uh, I've seen it at uh, Meadowbrook. And yeah. yes. And then um, I'm suddenly forgetting the name of the theater, but it's the one that's attached to Menjo's in Detroit. Um, oh. Ugh. What is that called? I I, I, I suddenly cannot remember. No, me neither. Which, which, of course, all of the the versions of it that I've seen have been great. The one in the smaller theater was with the movie playing in the background, 
And mm-hmm. the one that I saw at Meadowbrook was the Rocky Horror Show. Like a full production, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But definitely really good. Have not seen a midnight showing of it, though. So we will have to make that happen, too. For sure. Anyway, sorry. No, you're okay. We went, we went full sidetrack. We mm-hmm. did. Um, um, so Fetty Alvarez got a lot of shit for making Evil Dead look like Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay, all right. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. Let's go in the opposite direction. <laughs> Let's make the opposite movie. <laughs> We're going to give you virtually no blood. Right. But all the tension and suspense that you could even fathom handling. And nothing supernatural. Nothing supernatural. Nope. Like, these are all earthly terrors, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's nothing, you know, like, it's unrealistic in that it's over the top, right? Right. But it's not. But it's not, it's not, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, it's, it's right. not like there haven't been people who have gotten to this level of depravity. Mm-hmm. The the other thing that I really liked is is his reversal of of a few different aspects. The the fact that most of the movie takes place with it being it um it being a home invasion movie, but it's taking place in the perspective of the invaders and not of the invaded. Right. Yes. Usually yeah. Usually there is no kind of like ambiguity whatsoever about who you side you're supposed to be on in a home invasion movie mm-hmm. you are supposed to be on the side of the homeowner right the person who is being invaded however <laughs> the person who is being violated right mm-hmm. and then in this movie they get in there and and find out that this is somebody who like horrifically violates other people yep and what is kind of hilarious is that very early in the film when Alex is like, is it shit? Like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, is it shitty to rob a blind guy? Right. And money says just because he's blind doesn't mean he's a saint. Yes. And it's like, oh, you just gave away the whole movie. But we don't know that because. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually like, I think part of the reason that I kept saying like, that I kept bringing up other movies besides the fact that I just like, you know, that's just how my brain works is that they are very clearly playing with well trodden horror tropes here. Oh yeah. Right. But they're tweaking them. Mm -hmm. Right. Part of the reason that this movie feels unique is because every element is like, reminds you of something Mm -hmm. but is just a little bit different right like the perspective of of the villain turning out to be the person who lives in the home as opposed to the people who are you know entering the home Mm -hmm. the fact that he is blind like we said it's like wait until dark but in wait until dark it's the victim who's blind right you know so like 
it, it playing with these playing with our expectations because it's like Alvarez knew that his primary audience here was going to recognize these things, right? Was going to recognize these references, was going to recognize these sort of like, you know, well-worn paths of the way that horror movies go. And then he mm-hmm. just kind of like knocks you off it. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, by the way, bye. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> Get rid of that mindset. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an excellent movie. I, I it's it's horrifying as mm-hmm. you know, it's a horror movie. Um, I am I am very curious about the sequel. I have a feeling the sequel is going to infuriate me, but we will see. <laughs> I, I'll go in with an open mind. Um, I kind of have a similar feeling about this movie that I do about Last House on the Left, the original. Um and that is uh, first time. First time I ever watched Last House on the Left. I was like, "That was a really good movie." I'm never watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I, I, I recognize that that was a quality film, but it was not fun. <laughs> I, like, no. no. Um. See, and I'm over here like this is my fourth or fifth time watching. Don't breathe. Right, right, right. I'm not. I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm just a glutton for punishment. That's all I am. So here we are. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Um, but yeah. So join us next week for what might be a very spirited discussion of (laughs) Don't Breathe Two. We'll see. Until then, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This is apparently very important that you, like, both rate us and review us, if you would please, on Apple Podcasts, because that's what, like, bumps you up in, like, the searches Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, we'd love Um, to, you know, have a a bit of a wider audience. Yeah, for sure. Like, we want to get, you know, we want to get this thing in front of more people. So if you could help us out with that, we would be forever grateful. Um, follow us on Spotify. Uh, we do YouTube videos now once a month. We actually just released, uh, our September version last Sunday. Uh, so go ahead and like, and subscribe on YouTube as well. We have an Instagram at F and Frights podcast. We have a Twitter at F and Frights pod. I have been actively updating the Twitter for like a solid three days now. And I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's actual content on the Twitter page for the first time. I did. Maybe ever. I, I did see uh, in my email, I got a, like, a welcome back from Right, Twitter. yeah. Because, like, oh, look, you for, you remembered you had a fucking Twitter. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's great. Uh, you can find us on Facebook if you just search Friday Night Frights. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, we have a website, uh, fnfrightspodcast.com. If you would like to contact us directly, you can scream at us at scream at fnfrightpodcast.com. And then, of course, we have our Patreon, Fright Club. And, Sean, what is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is just don't break into people's houses. People. (laughs) It's not hard. It's not. It's our hard to not do something. I mean, it's really, especially this. It's hard to do it. Right. Like it takes, you know, special skills or at least a rock. Listen, 
<laughs> We're not even trying to like, you know, th- this, this is not a moral determination. Like don't break into people's houses because it's wrong. Right. right. Don't steal shit. Mm-hmm. You know, be gay, do crimes, but don't do that. We're talking just from a practical safety standpoint, because you could yes. walk into that house and you could meet fucking BTK. And <laughs> like, you don't uh-huh. know what you're walking into. You don't know who's in there. You don't know what kind of weapons they have. You don't know if they're a complete psychopath who has a girl tied up in their basement. Right. It's not it's worth it. It's better just to avoid it. It's not worth it. It's better just to avoid it. So gays and ghouls, tune in next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, Sleep time.